1: Hello from Philippa at the Quick Book Reviews podcast. Now more than ever, people are often turning to a book to provide them with a great escape. And I usually get asked, which book should I read next? There are so many to choose from. Well, help is at hand. The Quick Book Reviews podcast does what it says on the tin. It gives you some quick book reviews. You can tell how long it took me to come up with that market leading title. Well done me. And it covers all sorts of different books you might be interested in. And hopefully, a happy half hour with me chatting about life, cups of tea, biscuits, and books. Lots of books. From crime to thriller to general fiction, audiobooks, even children's books. If I think it's good, I'll want to tell you about it. And if I'm not such a fan, I'll tell you that too. It's not about literature or fine arts, it's just about finding a good read that makes you want to keep turning the pages, finding books that deliver a great ending. Fancy a listen? Download the QuickBook Reviews podcast and see what you think.
3: This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes.
4: Alright, you're
5: This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. <laughs>
6: Dumpty 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 Dum. Dumpty Dumpty Dum Dum. -dum. Guess what I've spent an hour and 44 minutes doing
7: today?
1: The excellent Dumpty Dum podcast about the archers, Ian.
7: Folks, this is Dumpty Dum, the show about the reality donkey drama that has centered an average in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the Sultan of Silage, that is Royfield Brown. And with me, I have the... It sounds a bit rude to say knackered sprayer, that is... Right, but I have my uh, co host for a second week that is Kerry Warbis, and the last part of Josh's stint on the fact, folks, is you. Now, this week's Dumdy Dum, it's the last time you're going to hear from me. It's top Tory pundit Ian Dale with our Archer superfan Jackie Smith. Now, Kerry, if someone would like to send us in a Dumdy Dum, how can they do that?
8: If you would like to sing us a Dumpty Dum or leave us a plot prediction, then call us on 0203 031 3105. Leave us a message on SpeakPipe or send a text message starting with DUM to 0778 6200 690. Thanks to Yokel Bear and Millie Bell, our social media supremos, Cosmo for his podcast roundups, Shambridge for her voices and to Derek for the loan of the back bedroom.
7: On this week's episode, we hear views from Witherspoon, Margot with a heart Matthew, Claire, Mike, Merlin, the two Pauls, Jen and Glynn. Um, but before we kind of get going, suppose I should really ask you, How was last week for you? How did you enjoy it, Ah, Kerry?
8: Well, I have to admit that the first time round, I struggled and it it was kind of washing over me and I was finding it really difficult to absorb what was happening or what was being said. I was more um, just dealing with the difference of it. Mm. Then the second time, (laughs) it was a little better and then I listened a third time and actually things did begin to make a bit more sense to me. I don't know mm. what that says about me. <laughs> do you, um,
7: do yeah. you normally listen to The Archers three times over to get clarity? I don't, Royfield,
8: no. I normally lic- I always
7: listen to The Omnibus
8: mm-hmm. and occasionally I catch a few of the ones um, during the week in the evenings. But no, I haven't ever. Something about the difference in the format and the monologuing. Um, I don't know whether I, I just couldn't focus. How how about you?
7: Hmm. I thought that the first episode was slow. Hmm. And and for me, what this does is to really expose the writing. And the acting away from direction.
8: Yeah. You know,
7: in, in a regular scene, if you've got two or three people talking, going backwards and forwards, you know, one actor can maybe be not necessarily on their game, but it's but this whole scene can still hold together. Yeah. And with this, there is utterly nowhere for the actor to hide. Mm. And there's actually nowhere for the writer to hide. And and I know that. There still is a director who's saying, I want you to, in this scene, you are, this is where you are, you're feeling this. Yeah. But it's not, it doesn't feel directed. And in lots of ways, I can completely see that if you're an actor, you want to do this. Because it's almost like Shakespearean acting. It's like Greco-Roman acting mm. of old, where one person gets on stage and just intones for yeah. the whole of the play. And I dare say verily untrue to you, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And they and they, you know, and they go from the tragedy. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. But for us as listeners, we have to get our head around it. You know, it's like when mm. you go to see a one-man play. You know, you're going to see a one man play. Yeah. You know, it's 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 built as a one man play, yes, right? Because you because otherwise you're saying, wait on a minute, where are the other actors? Uh, you know, uh, why isn't the scenes changing, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. And we've had sixty nine years of of the way that things are, and then all of a sudden, for understandable reasons, there's been this change, and it's a real abrupt handbrake turn of a change yeah it's so, so different to what we're used to isn't it it is it is mm. though and I know call Rinners are going to talk about this yeah um I did find the second episode mm. on Tuesday much more fun and knockabout yes um and I think that we have to cut everybody some slack here yeah in terms of uh, this global pandemic, we have some episodes, um, we have something. But I just hope that, and I'm sure this will be the case, that the directors, the editors are learning very quickly what can be done. Mm. Because it is going to be hard for us to maintain our interest if every episode, instead of being 12 minutes, feels like 25 yeah, you know.
8: Yeah, you're right. I mean, about the pace and and the brightness of the contrast between the first one and the second one. I mean, it was David in the first one, David and Josh, mm-hmm. and you can understand why they began with David. He is a linchpin of the archers themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and with great history and so on. Um, but it, it was it was quite um not a depressing one, but it was quite serious, wasn't it? It was really and I know we're in a pandemic in this situation, but um his ruminations were a lot more serious than the second one, because it involved Tracy and she's rarely serious. <laughs> Although she does the- business with the cricket team, clearly.
7: She, she absolutely does. Mm. You know, she she went out canvassing her vote, didn't she? And she did, did an exit poll. You know, yeah. American political scientists would have been proud of Tracy's <laughs> yeah. um, efforts. Um, the other thing, which, if if you're like a seasoned listener to The Archers, as we are, like we know that there is beef uh, between David and Josh.
8: Yeah,
7: All right. You know that. So to hear that they're both moaning about the other or Mm. questioning the other comes as no surprise whereas the inner workings of tracy and harrison's minds uh, and actually more so harrison's in this regard is a little bit more of a mystery so i truly felt that i was learning something when harrison was you know had his internal monologue and whatever Mm -hmm. and then he was on the phone to roy but you couldn't hear roy etc and it also made me realise that um, James Cartwright, who plays Harrison, is a blooming good actor. I, I loved him. And I think we don't really realise how much of a light touch he actually has. You know, we, we give yeah. all the plaudits to Susie Ridds, who plays Tracy. Mm. But actually, Mr Cartwright, he's got some comic chops as well. You know, they're just a little bit more subtle than uh, than Tracy.
8: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, cuz he 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 was laughing at Tracy's um cut and paste quote motivational quotes, wasn't he? Mm, yeah. uh, but also how he was formulating his own um statement if you like was quite funny because it was so dreary. <laughs> wasn't it?
7: <laughs> I don't understand why but again, it's a learning curve so there's utterly no criticism you mm. know people are thrown in at, at the deep end literally you know we did the zoom on friday which yeah. I know you you were there and kerry said si- uh, 12 weeks worth of scripts up in flames mm. and everybody has to rewrite now right so as i said you have to cut everybody some slack but there's no reason why um you couldn't have four people on an episode and even if they're still monologuing for technical reasons, you cut between the four. That would have introduced pacing yeah. and variety and color to that episode. Yep. You know, no reason. So it's still exactly the same scripts. But if we'd have had Josh and David and then Harrison and uh, Tracy, mm. that would have been a much more dynamic episode
8: yeah if they were all in one episode I mean they had three on the Wednesday Josh Harrison and Tracy did get involved in that one and I think lots of people on on Twitter have been asking you know what well, why can't you just have two characters three characters actually interacting with each other splice it in that they're they're actually having a dialogue or speaking with each other and Kerry Davies did explain that you know, they are still experimenting with this and they needed to opt for the very, very safest of options that they knew that they could do. And mm. that maybe a bit further down the line, we'll see some sort of change. So I guess we need to be a bit patient.
7: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So now I think we should go and hear what the great dum dum public throughout planet Earth have got to say about hmm, the new look arches. Mm.
1: Hello, Average 3962.
7: So first up we have Matthew Weir.
6: Hello, fellow Dumpty Dummers, Royfield, Lucy, and possible co host. It's Matthew here in warm yet stormy northern Portugal. Newcomer to the podcast, discovered it recently, uh, during the lockdown here, and have been enjoying it immensely. I was also a keen listener of the Archers in the mid to late nineties. Kind of dropped the the Borsetshire ball when I left UK in the early aughts to go and live in Australia and brought back in by the Helen and Rob storyline and I haven't strayed since. So I was considering how many of us were left hanging for justice in the Philip Gavin Blake storyline and factoring in the scrapped storylines due to the pandemic. Could art maybe imitate life and could Philip be caught breaking lockdown procedures in order to visit his slaves? Now I know that the construction work industry has continued during the pandemic but given that blake can't make a bacon sandwich without blowing up a hotel is it possible philip <laughs> might break curfew to visit him and in doing so Harrington may cross his path recognize blake and harrison might prove himself to be slightly more effective than certain other constabularies north of ambridge so that's it um i look forward to royfield clipping the philips are wrong I was right mashup on YouTube, as he promised, due to the extensive praise I heaped upon it. Uh, but so far, nothing. <laughs> stay well, everyone. Um Stay safe and maybe speak to you again soon. Bye.
7: Matthew, hold tight. It's coming. I've been a little bit busy, dude. Have you seen the amount of stuff we've got on our YouTube channel there, Kerry Warbis?
8: Yes, Yeah, you're a busy boy, aren't you? It's really interesting hearing Matthew, though. He's one of my favourite people on Twitter. Ah. And I have not heard his voice or knowingly heard it before. So that was good.
7: So you basically had a me hearing your voice for the first time Mm. last week incident.
8: Yes, I did Mm. indeed. Yeah. And, he, you know, he brings up a good point about, you know, were we left hanging for justice with Phil and Gavin? I think we were. What's going to happen?
7: Obviously, we want justice. But a key part of that whole storyline is when is Kirsty going to discover yes. this, isn't it? Yeah. I was more really waiting for that because we know, we know, we know, we know, because this is... So a soap opera, a drama, that, you know, baddens are always going to get their comeuppance. Yeah. So for me, there's less tension in that because you know it's going to happen. It's just when it's going to happen. Mm. It's more about Kirsty and her reaction to the discovery.
8: Yeah. Yeah. That is the cherry on that particular shit cake, isn't it? <laughs> um... <laughs> Uh, yeah, you're right. Ha- but, you know, it, it seemed to go on for quite a while and then we're, we're left dangling. It'll be interesting to see whether Harrison does actually, during this monologue period, come out with any new revelations linked to mm.
7: the horses. Because I think we said this at the time. So when it was regular, non-Corona's Ambridge, yep. Um there was the whole trying out for the cricket team and Harrison did not want Gavin mm.
9: uh,
7: to be part of it. And, and on the face of it, that made no sense because Gavin was great by all accounts. Yeah. And he used the excuse that he's not really an Ambridge resident, mm. but he'd already started his investigation. So um, I wonder or oh, I, I speculated mm. if he hadn't already started to smell a rat and yeah. just didn't want to be associated with somebody who he's actually investigating.
8: Yes, and compromise his investigation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. I bloody hope so. <laughs> I
7: hope he had smelt that rat. Because he he needs, I know he had a little bit of a win this week with the whole monologue. He solved some case over in Edgeley or somewhere, didn't he? Yeah. Were, yeah. But, He's a bit rubbish. You know, he does need to, like, crack a case, doesn't he?
8: Yeah, how he got promotion, I'll never know, to be honest. Mm. Uh, Yeah, it would be good if he did crack this one. And, yeah, maybe one of the monologues will be Kirsty having found out.
7: Well, let's hope that (laughs) by the time they get to that, Mm. we are sufficiently... (laughs) Ophé with the whole monologue format, so mm-hmm. it act, there is some dramatic tension. It's not like a soliloquy, uh, you know, at, from old type of thing. Because yeah. the thing about, and that's the reason why I said it. You know, some dr- not dramatic cutting, but just mm-hmm. some pacing between bouncing characters. Yeah. Then you know, you you you, you get an X Fact, You get something else as opposed mm-hmm. yeah. to you know, this somebody intoning dry words on front from a piece of yeah. paper is what i and, and you kind of want kirstie not to find out in this format you want her to have another guttural wail like you yeah. did uh, you know
8: at know. the wedding
7: yeah. you know and you want her to beat philip's chest don't you yeah you really do we
8: we need her to have a full-on meltdown at least on a phone call with someone else at the very yes.
7: least and then give him a kick in the ghoulies. Yeah. You, we want to we be able to feel that kick, like, Oof. like <laughs> that, you know, yeah. <laughs> Philip doubles over. And set
8: prior yeah. to his Christmas decorations.
7: Well done.
8: That would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> he, he does take
7: great, he did take great uh, joy in those, didn't he? Yeah. He does a like a set piece, bizarre, Philip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, he's not our Philip. You're Philip. I don't want him. You have yeah,
8: him. No. Get him off me. No.
7: Hey, I tell you, somebody who I do want a little bit of, in the nicest possible way, it's Glyn Fullalove. Yes. You're up next.
10: Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Glyn
7: here. Hope everyone is staying safe
10: in Dumpty Dum land. So we've had a week of the new format of The Archers. And um, after six years of Dumpty Dum um, broadcasting uh, monologues that are recorded at home and then sent down the line, the Archers itself is catching up, so that's great. I'm very pleased to get into the Zoom call on Friday, uh, eventually. I thought, Royfield, you were very diplomatic with Kerry. Um, some of the reactions to the new episodes have been unrepeatable on a family podcast, including that from my wife. Uh, personally, I thought <laughs> mm-hmm. that the episodes did get better during the week, and the Uh, The ones with Tracy and Harrison were better than those with David and Josh. Turning to other things, um, the question of adopting you, Royfield. Oh, yes. Well, is there an age gap required for someone to be able to adopt someone as a son? No. Because I think I'm probably only about seven or eight years older than you, uh, Royfield, so that might be a problem. Um, Also, does the rest of the family come with you. Um, Based on the Zoom, your mum looks quite nice. I'm not quite so sure, though, about that younger brother, (laughs) although he did seem to be attractive to a number of the ladies. And then finally, a task for you. For some reason, Tim Benting has blocked me on Twitter, and (laughs) I have no idea why. But if you can find out why and get him to unblock me, then perhaps you will be a worthy son. Thank you for the podcast. Keep safe, everybody.
7: Glyn, consider it done, mate. I've got Tim's number on speed dial as soon as the podcast's over. The bl- the ban will be lifted, sir. <laughs> Interesting. Mm. Um, so he, Glyn kind of talked about the reaction to last week. We've yeah. kind of... Kind of it was really interesting um, to have the evening with Kerry that hour last week mm. for him to go through, you know, the reasons why, yeah, and stuff. And and you did kind of like you, you know, you you empathised at, at at the very least, didn't you?
8: Yeah, you can't help but do so with with our Kerry, really. Um, and you know, he he is he is very brave to sit in front of people who he knows have perhaps been c- critiquing mm. the um you know how how these monologues have been done and to get the insight was interesting i still do wonder whether it might have been better to sort of play the older episodes for a longer amount of time whilst getting up to speed with the technology and the timing it was going to take mm. to have the dialogues that we would rather prefer Uh, But it did. It made a sense when he said that they needed to kick off with something safe. And this this
7: was it. Yeah. 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 Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Claire from Clapham um, is up next. And I think, um, well, like everybody else, it's kind of more of the same. (laughs) Last week, Deconstructed.
11: Hey, Dumpty, Dom. Claire from Clapham here. Well, we're back into the new introspective archers. And I was just contemplating that, tend to agree with Royfield, that the inner workings of David's mind are not the most gripping subject matter. But I really did enjoy the whole Tracy and Harrison uh, captaincy fight off. And I I think what I liked about that, especially was the kind of multi-platform sense of it, like the use of videos and phone calls and stuff rather than just... Inner musings. So I hope we get a lot more of that. Um just imagine if we heard an archer's character call into Dumpty Dum and leave a caller in or a message. That would be so meta. <laughs> uh, I dare say the 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 universe would implode or something if that happened. But um uh, that would be that would be fun. I think I don't know who's been given the equipment uh for so this and I obviously won't be as many people as are normally in the arches but one of the things I thought would be a great opportunity while we're talking about the inner thoughts of um people in the programme would be I'd be really interested to know about some of the newer or more peripheral characters. Like I'd act I'm not a big fan of Natasha but I'd quite like to know what Natasha is thinking about the rest of them. That would be fascinating. And Joy as well I'd be quite I mean Joy does chat but I think understanding her inner voice about the various people in the village would be quite uh, quite an insight as well. And what about Dr. Locke? Can we not get him back and just have him talk about what's going on? I mean, obviously, he presumably is in the midst of the pandemic, so he might have something useful to say in terms of public health messaging. Um, so, yeah, so in some ways I'm more interested around the peripheral characters commenting on the action than I am about the uh, actual characters. But let's keep going and see how it goes. I'm just worried about like, not getting our everyday top up, but um, we'll have to see how that pans out. Anyway, keep up the good work, everyone, and uh, stay safe. I'll speak to you soon. Bye.
7: Tatty bye, tatty bye. Um, it kind of Claire's making the point, which I kind of half made before, but she was much more succinct uh, with it than I was. Is that it is actually in this format, it's the minor characters mm. who we're not exposed to that much, which you're actually going to learn the most by, yeah, you know, hearing their inner thoughts, isn't it?
8: Yeah. Yeah, she's right. I, I, yeah, Natasha, that would be good, wouldn't it? What on earth goes on in her head? Uh,
7: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Joy, Amazon shopping lists, I think,
8: probably, basically. yeah, credit card bills. Uh, Joy, she kind of, I get the feeling she just sort of says what she's thinking most of the time. So I'm not sure that, I mean, there must be something ticking away in there. Uh, I think she, Claire was right as well about the, um, Using the vlog, which Tracy was doing, and Mm. Harrison being on the phone kind of just felt, obviously, for obvious reasons, a bit more of a natural thing to be doing than, for example, David, who was sitting, talking out loud to himself, Um, (laughs) (laughs) which he might do all the time, I don't know, Uh, about Lysandia mainly.
7: But, you know, we have got a little bit of form of David and inner voices, remember it was that weird episode where we heard, yeah. heard you heard the voice of Phil. Yes, so it's not without precedent, really.
8: Mm. Yeah. Do we want much more of it, though?
7: Not, not Sure, not really much. No, <laughs> <laughs> but I. Um, yeah, kind of. We kind of said this before, mm. but it needs to be repeated. Tim Bentink, yeah, consummate actor. He's been on Dum Dum loads of times. Um, when he, you know, when we get on a call and he uh, and he says, "All right, Royf," I, mm. I properly feel like bloody hell. This David Archer is yes. like been all pally with me. You know, mm. I, I'm, I'm, I'll always be a fanboy. Yeah. However, he has to be, and the brokers archers lot have to be the the dull the, the slightly dull centre to the rest of the village because yeah. the whole drama spins around Brookfield and the inheritance of Brookfield it just does mm. you know there's a reason why it's called the archers so you understand when Kerry said we started with David because David is the central character at the central farm of the whole thing but the brooker's lot must be really hard to write fundamentally. Because mm-hmm. do you remember a few years ago, they w- were potentially going to move up to the northeast. Yes. And everybody knew that was never going to happen. Yeah, it couldn't, possibly. It couldn't, no. Like the Aldridges potentially can move. Even the bridge farm lot potentially can move. <laughs> but not the Brookers lot, because that's mm. Ambridge, that is the archers. I don't want so, the
8: Aldridges to move.
7: But no, of, yeah. of course we don't. We, of course we don't. But, the, mm. you know, the, the, the point is, is that we always know they're going to be there. The fundamental question with Brookfield is who is actually going to inherit the farm. That because yeah. they're not going anywhere, you know. So they're harder to write than the Aldridges or mm. the Carters or mm. the Grundys mm-hmm. because they have to be... Solid and stolid. Yeah. I because mean David and Ruth are plodders, aren't they?
8: They plod along. Um I, I was it, I was intrigued, nay affronted, that <laughs> that um that it, they said that David was into Roxy Music, Bowie and Mark Boland. That just didn't feel right for one so straight and dull, really. <laughs> but I didn't but... like that because I'm a huge Roxy music fan and I it I, I I can't you took allow great that. personal offence. I, I did. did yes. <laughs> Can At, you imagine David with David Bowie and Mark Bolan? And,
7: to be fair, really? Don't we naturally? Most people naturally get conser- more conservative as they grow older. So, you know, a bit of Roxy music in the seventies—it's not a massive push, is it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I can't allow that.
8: <laughs> you know, when they mentioned Dire Straits, yes, obviously.
7: Mm. I tell you, <laughs> one of the most underrated bands, mm. I'll, I'm going to go so far as to say of the whole era of British popular music, Roxy Music. Oh, utterly God. underrated, yeah. utterly underrated. You know, those songs were like mini masterpieces and so yep. con- contextually different from mm. every other song exactly you know, they weren't just, you know i'm a big fan of the jam and the police right but let's be honest about it right those police songs and again i'm a big fan mm. the first the first couple of albums kind of all sound the same
8: yeah they not were not roxy
7: music no. you know
8: i actually saw roxy music on their first ever uk tour royfield i was about eight
7: Holy camole.
8: Yeah, which is why I have this close connection with them. Uh, and my brother, who's two years younger than me, uh, mm. uh, was there too on the front row at the Rainbow Theatre in London. So I was sitting on the front row at that age, just below Brian Eno on his keyboard with his really sort of amazing outfit on and just completely gobsmacked by the whole thing and fell in love with Brian Ferry immediately, wanted to be Kerry Ferry... <laughs> it's <poor> possible. <laughs> I haven't given up.
7: <laughs> wow. Yeah.
8: Yeah. Well, so um, how... it runs deep, Royfield, that one. <laughs> well,
7: David Archer, hands off. Um, yeah,
8: exactly. <laughs> Get off well, my Brian.
7: How cool were you? Because you don't know what my first concert was. Tell. Shawaddy Waddy. <laughs> and I didn't even like them, but. Michael Robb, who lived what four doors up, oh, and his sister Rosemary, mm. they were really into Shawadi Wadi and they were going. and They said, Did I, you know, they had a spare ticket, so yeah. I went with them. So, under the moon, no, no, I, love I want was to tell Joy you, Joy
8: Horville playing Shawadi Wadi.
7: Probably she
8: was. I'm pretty sure there was a Shawadi Wadi reference, and she said it in her accent as well, which made it extra good. <laughs> yeah, I mean they were a fun bunch, weren't they? I can remember them on top of the pops.
7: They they yeah. were dreadful. Even back then, like, you know, you know I, I remember like it had to explain to my father who they were. <laughs> and with his Jamaican we know music <laughs> sensibilities, he just rolled his eyes. <laughs> 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 Second yeah. concert, musical youth. Oh,
8: past the duchy. Yeah. yeah this generation yeah, Ooh, Ooh, the new <laughs> yeah
7: anyway um, okay. yeah you're much cooler than me that has been established warbis well mm-hmm. done um i'll doff my cap to musically from here on in cool. right now here's another person i doff my cap to it's with a spoon and he's in the upper low east west side
12: hey baby i hear the blues are calling
9: toss salads and scrambled eggs
3: Mercy. Ah. Greetings, Lucy, Royfield, Millie Bell, Yoko Bear, and all Dumpty Dumbers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. I was disappointed that I couldn't join you for Royfield's chat with Uncle Kerry on Friday, but I had another Zoom commitment. I'm also just catching up with the interview a couple of days later, as this weekend I've been celebrating my virtual 41st university reunion. And as some of you know, I'm an active and loyal alum, of the orange and the black. I do agree with Carrie and Royfield that it was most appropriate for these episodes to have begun with David, who is at the heart of the archers, but I didn't love the writing of that first episode. I think it was a mistake to have a major focus this past week on farm machinery, which, to tell you the truth, was a bit of a snoozefest for me. I also have to say that I didn't enjoy Josh's delivery of his lines, sotto Voce, I felt like he was Anne Frank stuck up in the attic. I found David's delivery of his internal monologue to be much more robust. But, of course, Tim Bentinck is a much more experienced actor than Josh Emery, of whom I am normally a fan. My biggest head scratch of the week was the fact that there was hardly a mention of the virus itself and of the upset and disruption that it's causing. I'm sure most of you out there are experiencing some degree of anxiety, as I know I am but we didn't hear this. I hope the issues of emotional and economic uncertainty are addressed in upcoming weeks. I imagine they will be, but my hats off to all the writing production and acting staff of the archers. You've done an amazing job of resuming life in Ambridge and all the listeners are very appreciative. Talk to you soon. Stay well, everybody.
7: ta Mr. Spoon. Um, Hmm. Well I, I don't think they can really mm. um address anything to do with the virus. It has to be completely in passing because they're gonna be held a hostage to fortune because mm. as Kerry said, they're what, four weeks behind in scripts? I yeah. I, I forget exactly what, what, what he said the timing was. So, you know, they can't say, blooming hell, Boris Johnson said this today or that today and <laughs> and, and you know, and we're gonna do X and Y and Z off the back of that Yeah. They're gonna be wildly out of touch. Sure. There were
8: allusions to it, weren't there? Like um mm. David mentioning the village shop is doing well and um Tracy being driven mad by being cooped up with her kids. Yeah. Um that kind of allusion to it. But um yeah. You're right. It must be difficult because they're it's too far ahead almost. Mm. We'll see. I think I think maybe there'll be more of that mm. depending suppose, on the characters that they're going to have. I haven't yeah. heard who's going to be involved this week other, even.
7: Yeah. The other thing is as well is that they have had topical inserts before. So, mm. you know, England gets the semi-final of a, of a world cup or yeah. whatever. And, and that, and that has been mentioned. Um, and I suppose if everybody's at home, if there is some earth shattering news, which of course would affect Ambridge, they can easily insert that because mm. you can just you know there is no oi mush get on a, get on the train get up to birmingham and record this you you, you just yeah phone in and say, this yeah way. Yeah. Yeah. True. yeah so i've almost done a 180 what i said before <laughs>
8: <laughs> well you know that's fine um, it was f- funny how he said josh was uh, a bit like anne frank that was funny uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that i didn't really f- Notice the sotto voce,
7: did you? Uh, I don't know what that means.
8: Isn't it sort of whispery sl- quietness?
7: Mm. If it's not in a Marvel superhero comic, it's probably <laughs> lost on me. You know, if it's pow or blam or splat. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> okay.
8: Uh, <laughs> yeah.
7: But sotto voce its obviously Italian, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so soft voice or Yes, something. exactly. I thought mm. that Josh This this is, this is so hard because mm-hmm. I thought he was good. I didn't think he was yeah. bad. He, he it's was... just yeah. Yeah, go on.
8: I was I, he was played actually quite sympathetically I thought. I felt I warmed to Josh actually hearing what he was saying about how his dad treats him, especially, you know, like Pip gets her name after Phil and Ben has David as his middle name. And where, where does my name come from? Where do I fit in? Um,
7: and it, it, yeah. That was the one thing which I utterly took away from that first episode. Yeah. Was that, you know, and, uh, we know they've got beef that that was no surprise mm. but then the, but it goes so deep as to where does my name even come from
8: yeah exactly that, that
7: was that was a lovely touch yeah that was a good touch
8: and also it it was a shame because there were moments where you thought oh david you know he he actually feels for josh and then he'd say something awful like um just when you get your hopes up he always lets you down or something <laughs> <laughs> oh god there he is back again um And then would get say we're all in this together. So chill. Mm. And then didn't chill at all.
7: I did I did find Hmm. that the whole lasagna thing just was wearing.
8: Yes. I mean, I did tweet. I said, you know, it's a sorry state of affairs when you can't have a tactful chat about a lasagna when you've been married for years and years. Um, And then bless this, this um, someone replied saying, actually, I can't stand my husband's fish pie and it's been 40 years and I don't tell him either. (laughs) Yeah. How can this be? I think it must get beyond a certain point. You know, It, it just gets that you've eaten too many of these things that you hate for it to actually then make sense to say, I don't like these, mm. but yeah. Sure. And you think he, you know, him sort of wrestling with the fact that he should have volunteered to cook, but then he'd have to explain to her why he didn't want the lasagnas. Um, yeah. I, it's a bit sad that, isn't it? I thought mm. that you can't Very. actually admit to not liking someone's food. He's letting it ride, but not letting it ride, isn't he? He's letting that go for her sake, but then getting really aggy about it.
4: <laughs>
7: <laughs> True. And, and whilst you can't it's have my- your
8: lasagna and eat it,
7: David. Hey. Ooh. um. <laughs> Which is somewhat apt that we're talking about lasagna after mm. uh, Sotto Voce. This is rapidly turned yeah. into a, an Italian episode. <laughs> but I'm going to rip this away from Italy and yeah. uh, go straight uh, to Jamaica. Uh, because um, this is just a little heads up, everybody. Uh, my mother, who um, Zoom bombed uh, on Friday, um, is uh, decided to go on to the YouTubes, don't you know? And uh, she's gonna have a channel called Adassa's Kitchen, uh, where she cooks uh, Jamaican meals. So, just a heads up, right? If you're into, if you're into cooking, uh, if you're into eating, which is, I think, just about everybody likes to eat. uh, My mum will be on the YouTube's. uh, It's called Adassa's Kitchen. Give it about a week, but um, I saw the first rushes, shall we say, which my brother shot in the kitchen, and uh, yes. Uh, you'll you'll know where I get it from with the fact that I can just keep talking because, <laughs> my God, <laughs> my mom did not shut up for 15 Excellent. minutes whilst doing a Jamaican vegetable soup. So Adassa's Kitchen coming to a YouTube-enabled uh, tablet uh, <laughs> sometime soon. Right, so that's Mr. Spoon up below East West Side. Mm-hmm. Um, let's keep it stateside, uh, Kerry, and let's have a bit of Margot. And don't you know, it, she has a hard tea.
0: Good morning, Royfield, Lucy, and Dumpty Dummers all over the world. It's Margot from New Jersey. It was really great to have new episodes this week. I was so looking forward to it, even if the format is obviously quite a bit different. I have to say that I thought that there would be a little bit of back and forth between at least two characters, but I thought considering the circumstances, it went quite well. I enjoyed Tracy becoming team captain of the cricket team, and I'm pretty sure she'll be doing some Zoom trainings. I think her tenure will be short-lived and that Harrison will probably take back over once everyone has had enough of Tracy. I think she's going to grade on people really quickly, but maybe I'm just being a pessimist and Tracy will lead Ambridge to a post-COVID victory. I also enjoyed listening to the back and forth between Josh and David. They are different yet similar, and I think that that's something that I haven't really thought about. It should be interesting to see how Josh's egg business will go, and maybe in some ways this will give him a deeper relationship with his dad since he'll actually be looked at as a proper farmer and not just a guy who's trying to get rich quick. I hope you're all safe and well.
7: Thank you, Margot. I hope you're well and safe too. And we could hear the little, the little one in the background yeah. there as well. Mm. Uh, you know what I've discovered? Mm. Margot has a rather rapid delivery.
8: She did. She rattled through that. Do you think it was because of the presence of the small person?
7: I, I think there was some impending parenthood <laughs> kind of issue. And she, had <laughs> to like, she decided, she started and said, uh oh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was
8: probably climbing up something, maybe. Mm hmm. Goodness, that was like a machine gun
7: But yeah. You got all your points out, though.
8: Well done. Very good points. I think, you know, the David and Josh being different but similar. Yes.
7: Mm. You know,
8: David, when he's saying, um, I don't understand why, you know, where does he get this from, this temper? You think, well, we all know, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
7: And we talked about this before, and actually mm. just about 10 minutes ago, the whole thing about Brookfield... Kind of as opposed to any other farm. But actually, the Aldridge's has been about succession in the last couple of years because Adam's come to the fore, hasn't he? But Brookfield is always about succession, but going back to Dan, to Phil, to David. So um, the inherent conflict between father and son is just central to that, Mm. you know. So there is kind kind of nothing new because in, in the early eighties it was David and Phil. Actually, yeah. all the way up to the early two thousands when Phil just went, okay, I, I'm I'm done with this. You know, David was always wanted some new farming method, and Phil was mm. like, no, and he says, oh, you got to move with the times, Dad, and blah blah blah.
8: Yeah, kind of stuff, so. lots of similarities.
7: Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Right, Margot, thank you for that Uh, So that's uh, Jersey That's Margot from New Jersey Uh, Was my accent convincing? Was it? Go on I didn't think so (laughs) Right, Here is someone whose accent Does not belie The country where she resides Mm. It's Jen, she's in Ireland
4: Greetings Royfield, Lucy and all at Dumpty Dum Towers, this is Jen here From sunny Ireland Just calling in about the last week of episodes What can I say? I I have to say, at least said, soon as mended. Really haven't enjoyed it. I think they made a big mistake in going for sound quality over characters and plot. I think we all know the situation we're in. We're all willing to forgive some dodgy sound effects or accidental background noise. And that would have been far better than the rather dead, dull, high quality, but nothing happening episodes that we've had this week also wanted to call in just to say thank you so much for all the Zoom meetings that you've been doing. They've been fantastic. I was really touched by Nigel. Um, I hadn't heard Graham speak about what happened to Nigel before, and it was very moving. I was very shocked at how he was told and what he went through. I was also very touched by hearing him speak about listening to Nigel's funeral and hearing his radio children grow up. I'm absolutely with him. I think Nigel should be brought back. I see no reason why Lizzie shouldn't meet Rudolph, a second cousin, once removed, long-lost Nigel relative, who just happens to sound exactly like Nigel, behave exactly like Nigel, and get him moved into Laura Loxley, back where he belongs. I think he was a very important character, and he really balanced out what was happening there. I also think he might be able to get rid of Russ for us, which would be great. So... Thank you so much for um, all you guys are doing to keep us happy and sane. I have to say, without Dumpty Dum and hashtag the Archers, based on the listening we've had this week, I would not be an Archers listener anymore. And I say that as someone who adores the Archers and has listened to it most of my life.
7: Mm, Strong Mm. words. Strong, yeah. Mm. Mm -hmm. Right, let's deal with these points one by one. Uh, Nigel, um, did you see... Were you there in that Zoom call? No,
8: I wasn't. I had another. I had a work thing, but I haven't watched it on YouTube. But I, I do want to. Yeah. I mean, you, mm. you've, you've mentioned about how strongly he still feels.
7: Yeah. No. About his exit. Yeah. It, it, it was, it was touching. I, I, I mm. dare anybody not to go. Ooh, crumbs. Yeah. You know, and you know, when a, a guy says, "I was playing this role," I had this job. For, for 28 years mm-hmm. almost regardless of what the job is and then you're told you're going to be summarily sacked let go whatever um that's going to cause everybody th- to pause and mm. you know he said i was depressed my wife helped me through it mm. you know that's how much he felt uh about it and he also admitted that by the end of his tenure where Nigel began an end and Graham Seed, Graham Seed started an end, there mm. was a massive blurred line. He says, "I was Nigel," mm. so in effect, they were kicking him in the ghoulies. Yeah, you know. So, yeah, and he just spoke so honestly. Um, it it it, it, it was very touching, and it was just lovely that um he, he could be that honest with us.
8: In as far as him actually coming back,
7: <laughs> as suggested by Jen.
0: Mm-hmm. Um
8: i doubt that'll happen uh <laughs> excuse me uh it's a shame that i mean i love his voice mm. um but i don't think Yeah, you know, uh, barring a haunting i'm not sure that that will uh, be possible
7: i i do think jen you've been a little bit harsh about you know if it goes on like this you're gonna jack jack things in i think we have to look at you know the extraordinary circumstances that we're all under and we have to allow this time to bed in it's almost in effect it's a new show but with familiar actors and we just have to um you know give them that and just say okay you know i might not be enjoying it but i'm gonna go with this and hopefully it's a a learning process for all concerned in the production team you know, mm-hmm. I think we have to give them that, but anyway, thanks for your call. Uh, that's Jen from Ireland. Oh, goodness, you know what? We are traversing the globe like nobody's <laughs> business, right? We've had Ireland, we've had Jersey, we've had uh, New York, and uh, I think we had somewhere just outside we of had Luton from as well, with Clapham, yeah. And look at you, all right, yeah. I know. Now, what is. <laughs> <laughs> now we're going to go
12: down under with Mike. Hello, Royfield guest host and all the Dumpty Dummers. It's Mike here from down under in sunny Queensland, Australia. I'm a new Dumpty Dum listener and a first time caller. I found your podcast when the Archer's feed went quiet and I'm loving it. Awesome work, everyone. Thank you so much to all of the Dumpty Dummers. As a new caller, I'm going to see if I can answer all of the key questions. So please let me know if I miss any out. Um, So I've already said I'm from Australia, but originally I hail from the Midlands in the UK. And I like to think that I was just down the road from Ambridge. I started listening to The Archers as a kid around the kitchen, around dinner time, as I'm sure lots of people did. Um, But I was drawn back to The Archers through the promos that Radio 4 was doing um, just towards the end of 2010, saying that something amazing is going to happen. You're going to want to listen to The Archers. Um, And I listened with just enough time to become really, really fond of Nigel. So good job. Thanks for that. Um, I've not missed an episode since then, and I'm absolutely loving it. I record things for a living. Uh, Mostly I record myself and mostly I do that in my home studio. And it's from that point of view that I'm a little bit troubled with the new monologue format that they've come up with. Um, I know we're going to understand a lot more about the technical challenges that the production team has faced as time goes on. um, Not least because of the Zoom call, which I'm going to have to catch up on this week because it's at 4 a.m. my time. I'm not keen on being inside a character's head. I much prefer to deduce what's going on by listening to dialogue. I guess we probably all do. And my point is that these phone calls that we hear the characters on, why can't we hear the other side of that conversation? I don't really understand the technical limitation with being able to do that, being able to record that other side of the conversation, even live as the characters are doing it. And what about making Zoom calls and FaceTime calls and Skype calls? Like, we're all doing now in lockdown. Why can't we hear characters doing that? I'd much rather hear Tracy berating a non-tech-savvy Oliver who can't get his camera or microphone to work and have all of that can-you-hear-me-I-can't-hear-you stuff going on than listening to Tracy making her vlog. Honestly, I think I'd rather have waited uh, uh, for another week's worth of revisited episodes and given the team more time to get all of this kind of stuff sorted out. Anyway, I really enjoy Dumpty Dum. I particularly enjoyed the Dumpty Dum episode with my former high school teacher, Miss Smith. So that was awesome. And I'm crossing my fingers that you get to cross wits with Stephen Fry really soon. Thanks again and bye for now. Mm. Uh, th- Thank you for that, Mike. However,
7: big X against your name, sir. Um, What's a caller? Do you know what a caller is on this podcast? Kerry, I don't. What's a caller? Yeah. <laughs> you don't know either. I know what a caller in or is. is. Oh, I see. Oh, you're yeah.
8: doing so well.
7: He nearly knocked the ball oh. out the park, but he made a fundamental critical error yeah try harder next time mike
8: oh um yeah that was interesting though about he records things for a living and um you know he was he was talking about the technical side hasn't yet heard the zoom and Mm. you know kerry davis he was saying it was less a technical thing than a time thing wasn't he
7: yep um he said it takes them four four times longer yeah to record in this format Mm
8: mm-hmm
7: and, and yeah, go on.
8: I was just going to say, you know, um, Mike did say what I said earlier about maybe they could have waited an extra week with the old episodes to to hone things a little more and have have that more time to get the uh, dialogues. But mm.
7: but they haven't. The the thing, you know, the, it the soundproofing issue mm. that that was the thing that. Um, really Kerry said was yeah. the biggest issue wasn't it that yeah you know you're supposed to be on the top of Lakey Hill but, <laughs> but you can hear a toilet flush because <laughs> you, you know the sound record is going to hear that the neighbors next door have flushed the toilet yeah or you know um I don't know you, you're somewhere all of a sudden uh there's a police siren and there's no reference to it type mm-hmm. of thing. And, and I think that w- we haven't all um really thought about that as a central issue. And Kerry made the point. He said they've all got their professional sound equipment and their sound studios, but the houses are not soundproof. Yeah. And that is one of the key reasons it why if, yeah. 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 So but you know, maybe what they've got to do is just record at three o'clock in the morning or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very clever, yes.
8: Yeah. Let's suggest that to the actors. <laughs>
7: that all you hear is the neighbours snoring, or yeah. I don't know.
8: <laughs> That'll go down well.
7: <laughs> but, uh, Mike, welcome to our merry band, sir. And uh, long may you contribute as long as you call yourself what you are. A caller in a sir. A caller in a row. A <laughs> in a row. Uh, so that's Mike from Down Under. Now uh, we're going to go to East Anglia, I believe. And this is Paul.
9: Hello, Lucy, Royfield and Dumpy Dummers everywhere. Paul from Suffolk here, just calling in really to uh, share my thoughts on the flashback episodes and the first of the new episodes I listened to very early this morning because I couldn't sleep. Royfield, I'm so sorry I didn't tell you what I did uh, for my job. I'm a a university dean, and I'm the dean of health and sports sciences at a university in the east of England, and that's what I do. The flashback episode's really, really uh, enjoyable. Some of them left me wanting more. Some of them left me querying why they were included at all. Uh, And I agree about Joe's wake, a very strange choice. Um, However, with bated breath, I waited for the first of the new episodes to be broadcast. And do you know what? I was really disappointed. Mm -hmm. I recognise we had to do a different format, but some introspective monologues uh, with a great deal of talk about a slimy lasagna. I just found that to be really strange, a really strange choice. Um, So... Recognise having two leads is quite interesting, and it was really good to hear about reference to Kirstie's cancelled wedding. wedding. But I hope we're not in a place where we're going to have an awful lot of monologues of people soul-searching. I really hoped we would see two characters having a conversation, and surely the editing could tolerate that. It actually made their 13 or so minutes drag, unfortunately. So flashback episodes, really, really interesting. My first monologue... Leaving me querying what the next few weeks and months will bring. And hope you're all well. Do stay safe, everybody.
7: Tatty, bye, Paul. Mm. Oh, first ep- episode's dragging. Yeah. Oh, mm. <laughs> well, well, in a way, you're getting your money's worth out your BBC <laughs> license fee, aren't you? <laughs> well, Let's be try and be positive about
8: yeah, it. Maybe that's why they've only done four in the week. <laughs> Because each one drags so much. <laughs> it's all we can cope with. Uh, she said uncharitably, uh, yeah, we've gone over this a thousand times already. We need to just be a bit patient, hmm. as Arsene Wenger would say. Yeah, we must be <laughs> patient. Uh, and see what happens. Is there any football mentioned really in the Arches, is there? There was some well, terrible sort of crowbarring in of having watched some game yeah
7: there was was it felpersham no was it Borchester United or felpersham united there was one of either of them is either in the fourth tier mm. or in the the conference and remember they had a Spanish striker a few years ago, and he was going to come along <laughs> to the fate and cut a yeah. ribbon or something, and yeah. everybody's getting all excited and I think it was Roy Tucker that actually supported. Felfish or Borchester United. It was one or the other. I can't yeah, but remember. I mean, which one
8: proper it was. teams, you know, someone in the Archers must support a football team.
7: Like Birmingham City? Possibly. Though I, I hate to say this as a Birmingham City fan. The fact that Birmingham City would probably, or possibly West Brom actually would be the closest mm-hmm. football team to Ambridge, mm-hmm. and more, most likely going to be Villa fans. Yeah. I hate to admit that, but. Much bigger fan base than than Birmingham City.
8: Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes, we've digressed. Yeah, yeah. Let's
7: not talk about football <laughs> anymore because we've ended up at Aston Villa. <laughs> <laughs> ah. <laughs> Next up, it's Merlin.
2: Good morning, everyone in Dumpty Dumland. This is Merlin in New Jersey. Uh, first, apologies. I haven't managed to join any of your Zoom meetings. They sound like they've been fun, uh, but they're always at a work time in. New Jersey? Well, if I was going to be completely honest, usually it was work once I managed to get distracted by a game of D&D, but normally I'm working. I've been quiet for a couple of weeks without any arches to listen to. The world's just gone into a different place, but I have still been listening to dum Dee dum So uh, over, the, over the weeks have been a few things. There was a comment about vets and doctors just out of interest. Uh, it is actually legal for vets to operate on humans, but it's not legal for doctors to operate on animals. Uh, Angela Barnes, I think, made a comment about balance on TV and BBC. Now I live in the US, I get to see US news programmes, and that's where you realise just how well balanced the BBC is, because over here there is no balance at all. It's incredible. You watch the channel that fits your politics, and it just makes everything even more divisive. I think at one point you asked people to celebrate the islands they come from, I actually come from the Isle of Arran in Scotland. It's a very, very, very small island. But uh, we did have a couple of people from there. Flora Drummond, who was a leading suffragette, came from Arran, and also Daniel Macmillan, who was the grandfather to Harold Macmillan. That's about as far as a claim to fame goes, I think. And then I swear I remember the episode where everyone was just singing in the bull in the bar. It's just in my head that I've heard that one, and I think that was a really nice kind of example of the arches. Take care, everyone. Stay safe.
7: Well, Daddy by Merlin, uh, what do you reckon?
8: Uh, well, I like. I was interested in that vets can operate on people, but doctors mm. can't operate on animals. <laughs>
7: It just goes to say, and this all came about because Paul Room, um, stalwart and long mm. of this parish, uh, basically said to me when I met him, I think the first time at the Dum Dumb Award some years ago, he said, I'm a doctor. However, I really wanted to be a vet, but it's much harder to be a vet. They work much harder. So I took the easy option and became a doctor. Mm-hmm. And that was an utter revelation to me. I was mm. like, what? <clears throat> so, yeah. You know because you, of all the it, different types of animals yeah it makes sense yeah. it makes sense and but, a, you know
8: yeah mm. cool. yeah that's good so,
7: yeah so don't get stitched up by a surgeon go to <laughs> the vets they'll do a much better job <laughs> uh right so uh merlin thank you for that and don't feel obliged merlin to uh to come onto a, a zoom call are these about the second or third person that says oh i'm really sorry i haven't made the zoom mm-hmm. calls they're not obligatory though they are bloody fantastic and you do get um insight into you know the workings of the actor or, or or the script writer and which is an opportune time for me to mention that you want to know something kerry i do right what are you going to be doing at seven o'clock this friday
8: Oh, I'll be on the Zoom, I expect.
7: Well, you'll be there by yourself because it's at (laughs) 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 8.45. And we have Susie Rids, who plays Tracy Horribin. So it's Mm. 8.45. It's a little bit later Mm. this week because she has to put the, the wee ones to bed. Okay. She says, I can't do seven o'clock. Roy feels, oh, bloody Nora. She says, I can do a little bit later. I went, what, 7.15? She went, no, nah, no, nah, nah. We kept on going up by 50-minute increments <laughs> and we arrived at 8.45. And I went, I think that'll have to do then. You know, So if you want to hear, if you want to see uh, Tracy Horobin and if you want to participate in the uh, Tracy Horobin quiz, it's 8.45 on the Zooms. And what you have to do is you can either email royfield at gmail.com and I'll give you the, the credentials to get in. Or um you can uh, be a member of our Facebook group. We've got all the info there. Or join the Flick app uh, because, you know, I like to big up the Flick app posse. So go into the Flick app and the information is there as well. Now, if you can't be fiddling around with Zoom, and it must has to be said my ma and pa do have um, issues with it, we are on YouTube, it will be streamed live on YouTube. And even if you miss that, you can get it on catch up on YouTube. So quite simply, the link is going to be in show notes for this podcast. So look on the show notes on your podcatcher. there will be the link, or quite simply, uh, go on to uh, the Facebook group, the flick app, or the Twitters and the link will be there. You can watch it on YouTube. The only difference is is that if you're on YouTube, what you can't do is um, kind of like wave and ask questions type of thing. So if you're on Zoom, you've got a front row seat, uh, <laughs> you can be called up by moi to ask a question to our to our Tracy and you can participate in the quiz and all of that. So uh, this Friday, at what time, Kerry? 8.45. Be there or be square. Uh, so that uh, was our Merlin at uh, last corner in a row of the episode.
5: It's Paul, and he's from North Shropshire. Hello, dum dum Royfield, and uh, current co-host. Uh, you're all doing a smashing job, Hope so everyone's well. My name is Paul from North Shropshire. I'm a first-time caller, I'm therefore, um, in accordance with Royfield's dictat. Um, I need to tell you a little bit about myself. I've been listening for over 50 years, wasn't aware for the first number of them, um, but I do remember when Jack Woolley was an entrepreneur with every bit as despised as Matt Crawford or Justin Elliot of the modern ilk. The first character I definitely recall joining was Caroline Bones, so I guess that makes me a Caroline, which isn't so bad. Um, what do I want to say? Uh, not particularly enjoying the current sort of uh, version of the Archers, but uh but sort of that sometimes goes with the real programme too. So um, so there there we go. Um, i calling to say really sort of how much the writers must hate David Archer. Um, they've given him much of the script over the last week or so, and he's just revealed himself as a narcissistic, selfish, pompous, unkind, belligerent, hopeful, inconsiderate, narrow-minded, intolerant gift. Um, and i uh, <laughs> rather like current part without the self-awareness. Um, so, in, in short, really, we've got a ready-made replacement for the orange mad child currently sitting in the White House. And, and admiration for the script is, really, um, because in Pip they have created a distillation of the worst character traits of her hateful parents, which is, uh, which is extraordinary, really. Anyway, that's it. I hope everyone's well. Uh, keep up for good work and speak to you again. Thank you very much indeed. Goodbye.
7: Wow.
8: <laughs> Paul, I quite enjoyed that. <laughs> 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 uh, yes, Pip, hmm. in a distillation of her hateful parents' traits.
7: Disgust. Hmm. Uh, well, why don't you? Uh, because I feel you're on the safer ground here. right? <laughs> <laughs>
8: um, I mean, you know, David didn't come across too well in that, did he? Uh, uh, and he is a bit narcissistic at times. You know, uh, there's not a huge amount of Pip love on Twitter, uh, mm. I have to say. So, yeah, I thought he that was very funny. I liked that caller in her.
7: (laughs) (laughs) Paul, I think uh, Kerry has given you license to call in ad nauseam in the future. (laughs) She likes she likes the cut of your jib. Some might call it venom or vitriol, uh, but either way, uh, it's a very entertaining call, sir. So, please please call in again. And and by the way, I'm going to take slight umbrage to Mm. the whole. Royfield diktat things. These aren't diktats. These are just gentle, r- gentle little pointers and tips yeah. and hints for people to conduct themselves on the podcast. It's not a diktat,
8: surely. And as mentioned before, we're very, very nosy. So
7: <laughs> I
8: like to know that he's been listening for 50 plus years and he's a Caroline Bone.
7: Well, I really do think, right, that when... People, you know, do give themselves a character. Mm. It really does inform you as to how deep their relationship is with this thing. That's not to say that if you are a Henry Archer that you don't mm. have a deep relationship. But, you know, if somebody says I'm a Caroline Bone, you can start chatting about Marjorie Antrobus. Yeah. You can do that. You can mention N- Nelson Gabriel or Walter and they're going to kind of get it. Mm. You know. So it's not to say that one is any better than the other, no. but you, you've you got a starting point as to um what you can talk about. Because if somebody says to me, they are a Jack Woolley. Yeah. I can't talk to them about the first 10 <laughs> years that Jack Woolley was in the thing because he came in like the early 70s or so,
8: mm.
7: you know. So the 70s is lost on me.
8: And it is, it's like when people say, oh, I suppose I must be a Rob." <laughs> really, When they're, identi- well, don't identify with, hopefully, uh, but uh, attached to a particularly dislikable character. Mm. Mm.
7: Well, they, you're right. They always apologise, don't they?
8: Yeah. yeah. yeah,
7: yeah. <laughs> or a George Grundy. like George, People go, oh, God, I'm a George Grundy. <laughs> I'm a Rob. Or a, even Henry gets it in oh, the neck. Oh,
8: yeah. Henry.
7: <laughs> Maybe
8: we can have a monologue w- about what he's thinking.
7: Oh god. <laughs> I want a biscuit. I want yeah. a biscuit.
0: <laughs> oh, right, mommy. Yes mommy.
8: <laughs> right said, you uh, child on the planet.
7: Mm, um right <clears throat> now you know what we should do we should do emails because uh, we need to s- slowly get this show on the glide path home.
8: Yes. Okay. So we have an email here from Lily. Um, she says, feeling compelled to contribute after a long time listening in. Mm. Assuming the normal introductions still apply to emails. Yes, they do, Lily. Good. Um, <laughs> I'm Lily, a teacher living just outside Glasgow in sunny Scotland the usual story of listening to The Archers because my parents did before taking up the mantle myself. According to the website, I'm a George Grundy, but never mind. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. There you go. Um, Wanted to share my thoughts on the Philip, Robert, Mr. Snell reaction, which was a bit jarring for some. My thought was that it mirrored how Blake calls Philip Mr. Moss. He's in charge in that situation, unfortunately, but in the village, he's very much having to work for his position, volunteering the children's play park and other general sycophancy. Anyway, not sure if I've sent this in time, so it may well be irrelevant by now. Warm wishes to all from Lily. Yeah, that was when Robert went really weird, didn't he? Because, Mm. yeah, he called him Robert. Robert. Mmm.
7: Mm. Yeah, he, he yes. Don't be too familiar with me. You nearly killed my Lindy. Mm. Yeah.
8: Um, so yeah, that was one from a little while ago, I think. And then we have a text as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this is let's see. Oh, this is from Vic Boyd. Um well, I listened to the omnibus this morning, and I would prefer listening to paint dry. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I did say listening. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear!
7: <laughs> right. Again, without you know, at the risk of repeating ourselves, uh, let's let's give them a little time to <laughs> bed in. Come on, come on uh, now. Bear with. You know, yeah. You know what type, of, what what shade of paint do you reckon it was? Mm, what would it be? Which farrow mm. and ball
8: colour would it be? Silage. <laughs> <laughs>
7: oh dear! <laughs>
8: it's very useful silage. <laughs>
9: <laughs>
7: oh wow right <laughs> on that note folks um if you're lucky or maybe unlucky depends on how you feel about adverts you might hear an advert before we go on to uh, our millie bell and a social media right roundup
4: <laughs> ready to pop the question
14: everyone. Well this week's uh, report is likely to be a little skinny, which I'm quite pleased about because it'll be the only skinny thing around here, let me tell you. Uh, COVID-19 meant um, being stuck at home, remote teaching, meant that I didn't walk as, anywhere near as much as I usually do. So luckily we're now back at school and hopefully I'm going to walk that off. So here we go with skinny social roundup. We started by talking about the captaincy and whether people were on Team Harrison or Team Tracy. And it was really interesting. People really got stuck into that debate. Some people wanted it to be Team Tracy because they just like her character and the fact that she's a bit different. But others uh, recognised that Harrison would steer a very straight ship. So what did people say? Well, Laura Jackson said Team Tracy. They need to get their act together so they can compete. Tracy gets it. Harrison doesn't. Thea Cochrane said, it's a little bit topical just now, but Tracy seems to want to impose rules on the team, but not have them apply to herself. Uh, Pat Reif Hanavan said, in real life, Harrison, for pure Archer's enjoyment, I'm on team Tracy. Uh, Stephen Bowden said, Chris Carter as a third party candidate, offering generational change whilst reinforcing the tradition of the village blacksmith coming steaming up the hill to deliver unplayable Yorkers. Thank you very much for that, Stephen, did not know what that last bit meant, had to go and get it translated, but thank you very much indeed. Uh, We also put up um, information about the fact that uh, Kerry, um, great uncle Kerry, is going to be uh, talking to Dumpty Dum. So that's great news because, of course, he did have a hand in this week's episodes. Um, I absolutely love, look, I love Australian vernacular, I really do, they are so creative and I hadn't heard frogs in a bin bag, which is obviously English before, loved it and I loved how the storylines were being gently pushed along this week but I did wonder that now that Harrison is not going to be the captain, what he would be doing with his free time. um, I thought it was all going to be about uh, trying to find the bunting but apparently not uh, Jan Mitchell said uh, solve the mystery of the explosion and Nick, Phil and Gav. I hope that's not too much to ask. Uh, Emma Cracknell said Harrison's a key worker. He should be doing extra shifts, especially as a sergeant. How has he ended up with free time? Um, Anne Lyndon said frog in a bin bag. Sums up pretty accurately how I feel at the moment. And Sarah Spilsbury said keep on sounding ever more northern until Alan Bennett takes pity and writes him his own Talking Heads monologue. Oh, Sarah, I loved those Talking Heads monologues. You brought that back back to me. Thank you so much for that. Uh, We also talked, we had a message put up by uh, Jane Gage. She was very pleased to have found some old episodes and there was some interaction there, which was absolutely awesome. And then finally, Ruth surprised me because, you know, I don't, I think we're about the same age and I know not to ask if I look nice in something because it puts people on the spot. Uh, Spontaneous compliments are very much appreciated, but if you say to someone, does this, do I look okay in this, They, they have no option but to say yes. And it's the same with cooking. I wait for people to comment on the cooking and if I, if they don't, that's fine too. And anyway, I'm eating it so I know if it tastes good. So I wondered if she should have asked David's opinion about the lasagna. Um, Martin van Den said, Ruth, lasagna, David, that was toad in the hole with lots of tomato sauce from a bottle and grated cheddar from a packet. <laughs> and I'm so sorry, I cannot do the accent, even though it was actually my father's accent, but I can't do it. Uh, Catherine Schilker said, I really wanted to like the monologues, but I'm struggling, to be honest. The whole lasagna non-event for me is falling as flat as a witch's. Oh, that's a rude word, I think. So we won't say that. And then Drew Hattman said, no good can come of that question. David should have known better. Lots more in that vein. So, uh, thank you to everyone who got involved. And we also had some lovely messages this week. I want to say a big shout out to Jacqueline Berto, who's been keeping in touch with um, how each of us are going in lockdown. And we really appreciate that. Uh, So, to all of you, I hope you're going well, whether you've got uh, remote learning opportunities or whether you're just in lockdown or just social distancing. Lots of uh, cyber hugs from me to you, and I'll speak to you in a fortnight. Hooray!
7: Thank you for that, Millie Bell. Our social media queen from down under. Uh, folks, that's just about us done for another dum dum But you know what, folks, keep keep your spirits up. I know some of you are struggling with uh with the arches at the moment, but you know, we, we don't have to be apologists uh for us to open our hearts and say everyone's been thrown in the deep end. You know, so, uh, don't let them just fl- flail around, you know, give them a little bit of criticism, but make sure it's constructive. And, uh, you know, ultimately they're trying to keep the good ship archers and ambridge afloat. I'd really mix my metaphors. One <laughs> point people were drowning Then All of a sudden it was boats <laughs> and whatever, you know, <laughs> I really should write this stuff down. It might be a little bit more coherent. here what you, as as feel. <laughs> you know, just tune on the hoof all the time. But anyway, um, Cut them a little bit of slack. You know. Anyway, uh dot go there, you can do stuff. You can um watch us on YouTube. Uh or you can just go onto to YouTube, just type in dumdy and you find us on YouTube. But what we are doing is putting up all of the zoom calls, um, not only as podcasts, but also you can see people in full moving video colour if that's such a thing. So if you want to see what Kerry Warbis looks like. And why wouldn't you? Um, you can uh, watch her by watching um, last week's output on Zoom, which is on dummdydum.com. So there's loads of reasons to go there. So uh, that's Um, Now, um, we help to keep the lights on round here by a little thing called Patreon. And if you subscribe to us and give us $2 per show, uh, basically what you get um, is um, a warm, fluffy feeling that you're supporting your favourite or at least one of your favourite podcasts. Now, um, so you don't get worried and freaked um, because I have been putting up a lot of content and all the Zoom calls have been going up, I deliberately only put one as a, as a paid-for option because we start to do them weekly. And what I don't want to do is people saying, Oi, Mush, Like you're taking the Michael now. Right, I will give you money for the th- for the podcast, and now you're doubling your output just for my own satisfaction. So, so don't worry if you're a Patreon member. I deliberately only put one of the Zoom calls on. You get the others uh, in effect for free. And uh, have said this before, but I will say it again: um, the free Zoom calls will continue all the way through the Corona uh, COVID nineteen emergency. As soon as we're out of that, um, Patreons will get exclusive access to um, to be on those calls be on those shows so you'll be able to ask questions to the actors they'll still be on YouTube but specifically only the patrons will get the passwords so there'll be much less because I know in the last call with Kerry I think we topped out at about 65 uh, members. On Zoom and with Nigel, sorry, with Graham, who plays Nigel, we had a few more than that. But um, I'm presuming that when we just have just Patreons, it will maybe come down to about 15 to 20 or so. So the chances of you being able to ask a question are going to be able to go, you know, exponentially going to rise, so to speak. So it'll be smaller and they'll be cozier. But if you don't um pony up Shekel, Moolah, the Reddies to be part of the Dumdy Dum uh, experience, we still love you. Don't think that we don't love you. Uh, You can watch those either on YouTube or on wdum.com. If you can't reach into your back pocket and pony up money, because we know times are hard Uh, in America. Some 40 million people are now unemployed. And uh, I I forget how much it is in the UK. Uh, We completely understand. But I'll tell you what you could do. Write us a review on Apple iTunes. It'd be a way of just giving us a a, a nod and a wink and going, oi like the cut of your jib, and that would be awesome. Uh, Next, Bits in Red. Yes,
8: remember to get in touch, you can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on the website or call 0203 031 3105 to leave a message. Or you can text your message to us by starting your message with dumb to 077 862
7: 00690 and i have to say a special thank you to um vitel who are the company that provide that service and it's been lovely that i think we've had three text messages which uh, we've kind of read out now so the service does appear to be of value and it's just great you know if you're sat in front of uh sat in front of your 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 podcasting device which is going to be your iphone really your, your mobile phone and uh you just get angry um, about uh, the Archers, or you're you're feeling in raptures about it, it makes sense. Just whack out your phone, knock us a quick text. But thank you to Vitel for giving us that service because people are using it. Now, Twitter, spiritual home of the whole thing. Wouldn't have met Kerry Warbis or at least known of her, if it wasn't for everybody saying she's really funny, you should really follow her. She's on Twitter. Uh, so Twitter is really the spiritual home of the Dumpty Dums. You can find Yokel Bear where he's at, Dumpty Dumb. And um, he's also at Yokel Bear when he's been himself. Lucy V. Freeman can be found at Lucy V. Freeman. I can be found at Royfield. And where can you be found, Kerry? At Kerry Warbis. And um, if you like um, Facebook, you're a fan of Facebook, uh, go on to uh, Facebook, type in Dumdy Dum, and you get Dumdy Dum on Facebook. You get Yokel Bear, Millie Bell, and a touch of the spoons, Mr. Spoons, is on there too. And lastly, why don't you join us on the Flick app? I must admit the Flick app is my favorite way of communicating with Dumdy Dummers now. Um there is a link in the show notes, but you can go https forward slash all of that kind of stuff. Then you go flick.group forward slash dumdy dum. It downloads a little app to your phone and gets you straight to some 500 and odd dum dummers talking about stuff, having fun, uh, sometimes talking about where they are in the world and what they've had for their dinner, as well as the latest goings-on in Ambridge. And also gives you um, access to the password for all the Zooms as well. So join us on the Flick app. Well, how was, um, all in all, how how do you think uh, the episode went? Carrie. great
8: yeah good very good yeah, uh, and i'm too. doing dry june so i'm i'm on day two of dry june and it was fine <laughs> <I'm>
7: <laughs> <crazy>. <laughs> <laughs> you, you weren't you weren't reaching uh symbolically uh for a gin
8: no, no, I had right? ice water with slices of lemon is that <laughs> a good substitute you, were, you... yes <laughs> you know what i find Come back to me on the 20th of June and ask me.
7: <laughs> <laughs> I always find, right, if I need to just drink water, mm. having sparkling water with a little dash of lemon, and I think there's a, still a party going on in my tongue. Yeah. It, it's all about the bubbles. Then you can just trick yourself into thinking that, oh, this is still enjoyable.
8: Yes, I have sparkling water arriving in my Ocado delivery on Thursday, Royfield.
7: You and Jackie Smith, <laughs> eh? Waitrose women together. Wow. <sighs> Me, I'll always be a man of the people. I'm all about the Little and the Aldi.
8: Oh, I love Little and Aldi. Don't you worry. Do
7: you? All right. <laughs> well, why don't we explore um, Little and Aldi next week on another rip roaring, <laughs> thought provoking, comedic, but always insightful episode of Dum De Dum.